Ben Grabke, one half of the Picture Books, joins us on this episode of Performance Anxiety. They're a badass rock band with the badass stories to go with it. Finn toured with his dad as a kid as he opened up for Bon Jovi. This was before his dad was the victim of a hit and run in the California high desert. He survived. He also discusses how his panic attacks have influenced his songwriting and how boundaries increase creativity. Oh yeah, there's also the time he ate vegan pizza with Sting in Oslo and got shot in an Albuquerque drive-by. I'm a fan and Chrissy Hines a fan, so much so that she appears on the new album. Give him a shot and you'll be a fan too. Follow the picture books on social media, follow us at Performance ANX, and now let's hit the road with Finn Grabke of the Picture Books. Hey everyone, this is Finn from the Picture Books, and you're listening to Performance Anxiety. And I'm telling you, I know a lot about anxiety. <laughs> So, All right, where, where are you located then? I'm in Virginia, just, um, I'm like 75 miles west of D.C. So the closest you guys are coming is Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Right, And that's right, true. Yeah, that's still a few hours from me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even if I didn't have kids, I'd be there. But, you know, right, right. unfortunately. Well, that's, that's the whole thing about the U.S., uh, especially um, coming from Europe. So fucking big. <laughs> Your country's so big. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like, uh, you're like, I mean, driving through Texas is pretty much Europe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know what? I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's, I'm really amazed at how many bands, especially, you know, foreign bands, European bands, you know, South American bands actually take tour the entire country. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I know, there's certain you know places you got to hit New York, L.A., uh, but you know to come to uh, I always I never think of D.C. as really like a, a, a hub for bands, you know, for for play, you know, a destination for you guys to come to. But I'm hoping it is at some point. So yeah, yeah, I'd be excited for that. I want to see the whole thing. I want to see all everything. You know, all, the whole world. I haven't. If it, if it, I haven't this seen the whole thing. I can't blame you. I mean, you know, it's it's a wild country. <laughs> There's so many different. Uh, I don't even know what the, the, the landscape is. Is totally different wherever you go in this place. It's it's um, it's unreal. Yeah. yeah. So, when did you start playing music? How old were you? And and was the guitar your first instrument? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Um, and it's kind of, there's not really an exact answer I can give to that. It, okay. Music has always been a big part in my life. Um, my dad, who used to be a professional skateboarder in the 80s, he has always been in bands. So there were always either skateboarders or musicians uh, uh, in our house. So uh, there were instruments, guitars, uh, you know, keyboards, everything was lying around. So I was always jumping on those things and just kind of did my thing. So there's not really, in my mind, there's not the moment where I saw a guitar, grabbed it, and, you know, had that moment of, oh, man, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Or Uh, It was just always something I... I never really, I never really doubted that <laughs> this is what I'm not going to do. You know, I always just, this was just, yeah, this is, this is me. Like there was no question about it. This it was always there. Yeah, exactly. And then my dad was like on tour. He was really, 
in a, in a bunch of very successful bands out here in Europe and he was constantly touring. And so I was, I basically grew up in a tour bus, you know, wow. and, and one of, one of the bands was like a hardcore kind of band. So, um, I mean, hardcore music can right. be quite frightening, but yeah, usually yeah. the guys in the band are the you know the coolest and nicest dudes ever. And I just have all these like great memories being being on tour, you know. And and so yeah, that's what I mean with this was just it was just something I was doing from day one. So there was no question that I'll just continue doing that, you know. Were you always singing? Um, yeah, no, not not. Not really, not really, not okay. not like somebody told me. Oh man, nice voice! You know, I never <laughs> had that. I never had a or or a moment of people be like, you, "You should be the singer" or anything. That's, I mean, the picture books started exactly out of that. You know, none of us has ever been in a band like Philip and me. Never been in a band before, or oh, really learned the instrument. We never had lessons or anything. You know, we just kind of, you know, we were just skateboarders and, uh, you know, we're from this like super small town uh, called Gudeslow, which is like in the belly button of Germany. There's nothing going on here. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden there's a guy in the skate park wearing a black flag shirt and I was wearing a Roxy music shirt and wow. we kind of clicked. <laughs> <laughs> That's it kind of awesome. made sense. It kind of made sense. And so, so I guess that moment when we were just so bored, didn't know what to do and went in the attic of my parents' house and uh, started playing on like Ikea trash cans and, and stuff like that. You know, we were creating sounds. Um, I guess that is the moment where I knew, oh, this is what I'm going to do, you know? But okay. I was, you know, I had instruments in my hands before that, but it was, you know, it was that moment with Philip where we kind of, felt something that we we haven't felt before so it, it took just meeting the right person i guess i guess that's what it is i guess it was it was yeah i guess it was the chemistry be between me and him and um the situation we were in we both knew that we we would we would have died if we would have just gone the nine to five job route if yeah. you know what i mean nothing oh, wrong I, with that i know I that have, I, I do that I in addition to this <laughs> yeah i mean i have a lot of respect for people that go that route and and, and you know work hard and, and all that stuff you know i love that i work hard as well i just yeah. for me that 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 way going the that way wasn't wasn't in the cards for me and for philip as well and then you know this town uh, uh it doesn't really accept that you know it's 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 that way or you're out you know oh, okay. so so they nobody really ever understood what we were on about and that was fuel to the fire for us you know like the more they hated us the more they didn't believe in us like the more we wanted it and, oh that's yeah. awesome i didn't yeah, you know it yeah, I got to say, I, I have an immense amount of respect for you guys doing what you do, because I was a photographer for a decade or more. And right. as you know, same way, you know, I, I didn't have that nine to five thing. I was out shooting at weird hours. Yeah. And unfortunately, along with with that comes the roller coaster paychecks. And yeah. so, you know, once I, got, yeah. <laughs> so once I got married and started having kids, I ended up having to go into the nine to five route. So I, yeah. I have an amazing amount of respect for guys like you who, who just grind it out all the time and are able to make it work. 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I got an awesome family behind me that believe in us as well and work on this as much as we do. And and so it's 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 good to know that if we would ever fall, we wouldn't fall hard and we wouldn't fall too deep, if you know what I mean. Yeah. They they got our back, you know. Oh yeah. My wife, he she's been with me since the day the band started, we kind of met at the same time. Oh, cool. So, I mean, she, she, you know, she just kind of supports me in every way when it comes to this band, you know, it's for her, it's, it's just another, you know, it's just another, Hey, um, I'll be gone for the next two months going on a U.S. <laughs> tour. And, you know, for her, that's just normal. I, yeah. you know, for us, you know, I, I, I shared, uh, I shared a bet with my drummer more often than I did with my wife. We know each other the same amount of time. You know, it's crazy. But, but that's so awesome fine. to have that support. Yeah, it's great. It's great to have that support, and um, and and I'm so grateful for that. And at the same time, the coolest thing is like when I say thank you to them for them. This is like not even a question. You know, they're like. We're family. This, yeah. I mean, this should be normal. Like, it's crazy how that is not normal in other families. Yeah, exactly. And, and your dad, you're saying he's been a major influence on you from yeah. for, the, for your entire life. Yeah, full on. And he still is, yeah. right? Still is. He's on tour with us every day. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, he's the tour manager, life mixer. He's the producer. He, he I mean... We shoot the videos together with him and all the visuals. I mean, you're a photographer. Oh, so so this is for us, the visuals had always been another thing. You oh. know, the band wasn't just yeah. music. We were always about visuals. At, you know, it, the visuals and music, this goes hand in hand for us. It's, it's as important as the other, you know, the other part. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I, was, I love the video for I Need That Ooh. It's incredible. You got guitars, choppers, you know, hot chicks, (laughs) fire, and barely exploding watermelons. (laughs) Those are great. Here's the thing. (laughs) Obviously, there has to be a funny story. Yes. Uh, Well, I was hoping I'd hear it. It's actually quite quite crazy what happened there. Um, So we're. We're out in Joshua Tree, Yucca Valley. This is this is like high desert in, in California. It's like close to Palm Springs. Okay. Um, super cool area. And the idea was, um, let's grab our bikes. Let's ask our friends if they want to join in on the fun and film us play music and ride choppers. Right, right. And all that was fun and awesome. And my dad was filming that video. And we kind of left him alone for like 10 minutes or so. And, okay. Um, <laughs> That we sounds like trouble. We, we, yeah, well, we just he, he kind of told us like to scout the area. I didn't, can't re- really remember what was going on. I just know I came back and I find my dad lying unconscious in the desert. What? And I'm like, what the? F-? Like close to a road, <laughs> but like it was the weirdest thing ever. And then he kind of woke up 
screaming in pain and stuff. What and uh, it was a hit and run. A truck ran him over and took off. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so there was my dad in my arms freaking dying for real. And um, so I was expecting something short, funny. I, I started laughing. Now I feel terrible. <laughs> Well, it's, I mean, it's cool. I, I, I laugh about that shit now as well. It wasn't at that moment. It was fucking the worst moment of my life in that I moment. Imagine. And, um, yeah, he broke like nine vertebrae. Uh, he broke oh 10 ribs, punctured his lung, fucked up his knees, fucked up his elbow. I mean, obviously a shock too. Yeah. This guy never had a drop of alcohol, never did any drugs, never smoked cigarettes, no nothing. Oh <laughs> there he is, a uh, uh, uh-huh. German in, in an American hospital. The first thing you get is freaking oxycodone and whatnot. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember this one moment he looked at me and he got like morphine or I can't remember something. They gave him something real crazy. And he just looked at me. He's like, now I know why they do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the first moment where he like the pain was kind of gone for a minute. Oh my God. Yeah, it was, it was weird. We were just like, all of a sudden we were in this like hospital in the middle of the desert for like three weeks. Oh. I mean, the hospital was awesome. He was taken good care of. But um, he wanted to finish that video, and like two weeks later, he started walking out of that freaking hospital. And uh, three weeks later, after that crash, I mean, he was basically dead. He had a, he needed to learn to walk again in like a couple oh of days. God. And uh, man, this is a long story. But like no, friends from God. skateboarding and like you know motorcycles and stuff, everyone joined in and helped us out to finish this video. Wow. And um, and so we finished it. Three weeks later, and um, it was just the craziest and most emotional time ever to to again have that you know have have that support of people that just believe in what you do. And I think in live in live, this is something that is so uh, so true that um, if you really believe in something and you convince people that. You know, you do believe in it and it's worth, you know, all the all the trouble, all the struggle, all whatever comes with it. They believe it, too. And and, and they will help you. You know, often people are just they just, you know, they doubt themselves and just full of freaking doubt. And that kind of fucks up everything. You know, then people will doubt it, too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, You kind of bring that stuff. You attract what you put out. Yeah. So, so what I wanted to say now is the yeah. watermelons. Yes, the water- yes. Back to the watermelons. From <laughs> <laughs> such a deep thing here now. I want to get to the freaking. I almost forgot about them at this point. <laughs> well, this one guy, he's a good friend of ours. He had this idea and uh, we were all just freaking not believing in that idea and for good reason now that every time we'll watch that video <laughs> but it kind of became a thing it, you know it was it was kind of like it, we could not we could have not not put that in the video now you know we were right. just, this was like the running joke the whole freaking shoot <laughs> we were just laughing our asses off for that scene 
And the idea was like to put mud around it. And I don't know what, I mean, it was till this day, I don't get it, but it's part of that video now. And, and everyone's talking about it. And maybe that's the whole David Lynch thing. Why do they have freaking exploding watermelons in that video? You don't know. Exactly. <laughs> so that was even your idea. You guys just, oh, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll blow up some watermelons. Yeah, our friend um, had this idea, and um, yeah, I just kind of told them whatever. If you guys, if you guys can make that look good in the video at the end, I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> well, the well, kind of exploded. It didn't work. It didn't work out. But, <laughs> but it's awesome enough to keep it in the video. Yeah, yeah, and it was part of the whole thing. That was what it was. You know, it was part of. It was real. It was honest. Oh yeah, and, if and you, we would have not if we put would have not put it in there. I would have felt you know like we're faking it. No, this was all part of that thing. This was part of that awesome weekend we had out there. Yeah. Our friend he had an Airbnb out in, in in Pioneer Town, which is like an old like Western town, and and there's this like venue called Pappy and Harriet's, which is yes. awesome. I mean, it was just crazy, and and it was just all part of that. It was a long weekend of just laughs and and seeing my dad in like this crazy bandages and whatnot but oh, everyone God. kind of forgot about all the all the bad shit all the negativity and it was all positive it was all love so i was just like you know let's just have everything what is going on right now and have that in a, in the video no matter what so obviously you guys in in the videos and all you have a pretty solid connection with motorcycles how did that yeah. start? You, 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 you guys build motorcycles, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, so, yeah, we work together with like Harley Davidson stuff. That's amazing. So how did how did that all start? Because if I if I was reading this correctly, you actually stepped away from music for a while to build motorcycles. Yeah, true. All right, can, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. So here's the thing: we're like. We were stuck out here in Germany. We like like couldn't get out. You know, it was really hard to get out of Germany. It was like people literally, literally like didn't answer emails anymore or wow. like stop the contact knowing, oh, you're a German band. All right. Well, every, like everything from Germany, it has to suck. And it's kind of hung up. And we had moments like we're like, what the hell is going on? Like, who cares where we're from? So we kind of, we had a hard time coming out of there. It took us years to just at some point be like, you know what? Let's stop listening to music for a while. Like, we literally forbid each other to listen to music for like two years. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And so motorcycles had always been a part of our lives, but not as much as it was in that time. All of a sudden, that just kind of took over and and brought us back to music. It, we were all of a sudden uh, talking music during you know just a night at the shop, you know, building this this bike that we had in our minds. And I guess what happened was we were training our our like mind and creative mind a lot more in a different way. And that inspired us so much to just kind of express whatever we were feeling there into music. And, um, all of a sudden we were spending a lot of time in the States. You know, I've, I've, I've been calling, uh, California, my second home since I was 10. So this is like 20 years now. Oh, cool. And, uh, Philip has, has been, you know, coming to the States a lot ever since the band is going on. So we've always kind of been out in, the, in, in, in Cali and in the desert and, and hanging out with all of our friends there. So 
it was never a moment of let let me give you an example. We're not Avril Lavigne having a bunch of skateboarders <laughs> in a video because because it's cool. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. It's not the case here. The, the the motorcycles and the skateboarding and whatnot is in the video because that's us. Yeah. You well, know, none of none of none of the stuff, none of the videos is scripted or anything. It's literally just you know documenting live uh, as it happens for us well i i've seen some of the pictures of you guys on on skateboards and it definitely doesn't look staged because you're the only skateboarders i know wearing like tight jeans with big <laughs> beards and vests so is that a good thing i i think it's awesome <laughs> i think it's the coolest thing ever so how did well, you guys, how did you guys decide on the name the picture books uh, well, I would love to have the coolest answer and give you a, a whole speech about how that name, what that name means to us. But the answer is we had a very first show um, and the promoter called me. They wanted to print some posters to promote the show. And he's like, so we got everything fixed. The thing is, though, like we don't even have a name. What's your guys' band name? I want to put that on a poster. And I just set the picture books, not thinking about it, not knowing, not, never thought about that name, nothing. I just Whoa. didn't want it to sound like an amateur. I wanted to sound like a pro. I wanted to sound like I'm ready. And, and you know, and Philip was next to me and he just heard the picture books and he looked at me like, hmm, what, what, I wonder what he's talking about. And after I hung up the phone, like, he's like, what's the picture books? I'm like, that's our band name, I guess. And so, yeah, that is the whole story. Oh my gosh. You know, you don't think that's an amazing story, but that is an amazing story. Well, I yeah, love it. I guess. Well, it's it's just the truth, you know. And this is what it always comes down to with with us. We never, we always want to stick to the truth, you know. We, I don't ever want to be in a situation where I would feel like, oh man, I, I, I think I did tell this story uh, 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 like that the other day. So yeah. now I have to stick to that truth. I just stick to the truth, whatever that means, you know? That makes it easier. It, yeah, yeah, it's easier, and, and I, I think people like it that way, and I, especially I like it, and this is, <laughs> this is what it all – I'm the only one that has yeah. to like it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, you know, honestly, if you're – I'm – I started this show because I was, I'm a huge fan of music and I love discovering new bands and, and, and you can tell I'm no expert, but you can tell when somebody's putting you on and sincere band, a sincere, sincere music. It's just, it really cuts through all the shit. And that's one of the things I love about you guys is that everything is stripped down and sincere. The sound, right. the sound that you guys come up with is insane. I mean, it's so cutting. It's just so raw. It's amazing. I can't even, yeah. it's hard to believe it's just the two of you guys. And, <laughs> now, and you guys have been a band for what, 14 years now? Is that right? 
Is it 14? Yeah. Something around it was there. Like, I, I, you, ha- you have to do the math here. I think we started like 2005. But, you know, this is this is early, early stages, you know. Now, the band, did you always go for this, this raw sound or did it, has it evolved over time? It, it, well, it has always it had always been raw and we we went through different phases. You know, okay. I, I was 17 when I first signed my first contract. Uh, with a record label and um, this was the picture books already and um, okay. this was a different time you know we, we were three piece back then you know there was a basis involved we had two albums out with him and we were doing pretty good out here in like Europe you know we were touring a lot but this for us was almost like a boot camp you know this is like learning the music business learning and understanding how everything works and okay. um uh, the, our bassist, he, he's still our best friend. We still hang out with him, but he at some point Yoko Ono'd us. <laughs> and, uh, so, so I love that that's a verb now. Happen. <laughs> it had to happen, and uh, we kind of pressed that big reset button. You know, like the ones on the Super Nintendo. It had like a reset yes. button. Oh yeah. And we kind of we had to push that, and that was the whole time where we stopped listening to music and all that stuff. Okay. So uh, I guess. Yeah, um, I mean, what was the question again? <laughs> um, I don't know. There really wasn't one, I guess. But you guys, so you guys actually have two albums before Imaginary Horse, then? Exactly. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, we did. We did, and the, the great albums too. Just a little different, you know. Okay. But you can totally hear the picture books in that. But it was, you know, I mean, now Philip doesn't play cymbals. Um, um, I play. I play. A, as little effects on my guitar as possible. Uh, we have that roomy sound, you know, that reverb. From yes. Because everything is recorded in, in our motorcycle garage. Or at I least definitely want to ask you about is, that. Yeah, yeah. We can go, go deeper into that. So, I mean, but all that sound that you have as of Imaginary Horse, you can definitely hear parts of that before, but you can definitely hear that we're a lot younger as well. Okay, okay. Because it's, it's a powerful sound that you guys have the feedback is amazing and that's one of my favorite things is you know something quite often this big blast of feedback and it's just right. that hits me right in the gut and i love it <laughs> you know it sounds like 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 kisses burn like fire are just right. insane i've i play that for my wife and she loves it I got a that was cool the wife. first song. That was the first song Philip and I wrote as a duo. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's such an amazing track. Yeah, and it it kind of passed. Is, is that is that a term? I'm not a native speaker. As, as much as I don't have an accent, yeah, you don't. <laughs> uh, at all. It, it, it paved. It paved. A, how do you say? Um, um, it kind of shaped uh, everything that we do right now. You know okay. what I mean? It, it was kind of like that moment kind of we wrote your kisses burn like fire and it was almost like we found a formula um that we feel so connected to and we felt like that is so us you know that is so us without no we know with no 
exception, you know, nothing. Yeah, yeah. this is us, this is our sound, this is what we're going for now. And um, so every every song we write, we compare it with Your Kisses Burn Like Fire. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Okay. And was that recorded in the uh, motorcycle garage? Exactly. This was recorded okay. in our motorcycle garage, like 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 five feet or something, uh, or three feet away from us. And, oh, wow. and, and you know, so like like two microphones, just getting all that roomy reverb sound that you hear on the album is the actual sound of that room. And um, yeah, just kind of going for it, you know, building bikes in between, and then you know somebody would give. You know, we Philip and I would look at each other like, right now, let's do it. Fuck yeah. And then we just jam out or, or, you know, just a lot of the stuff that we record is, um, is stuff that we either talked about before a lot. You know, we, we write songs talking like, like in the car or in the garage or wherever. We just kind of talk about whatever we want to do, what feeling we want to create, what okay. visuals we want to see when you hear it. And then we start, you know, playing to that, to that note, so to speak. Let's say we'd be like, um, let's make a song that makes you feel very anxious or, you know, something like that. Oh, okay, so you're discussing like the, the feeling you want from a certain a specific song then. Exactly, exactly. And then okay. we kind of get into that or... There's a song called Inner Demons. Um, I was I, I was going through this phase where I was having these like crazy like panic attacks and stuff, and oh, wow. I was at a at a weird place in my in my life. And this was on tour too, and I was getting like cramps on stage because I was getting those panic attacks on stage, and oh, it was geez. crazy, just like anxiety, like crazy all day, twenty four seven. So oh, I was wow. just, I guess, burned out or something, and. Um, well, you know, but I'm good now. I went through the fire. I, I, I learned a lot about myself in that time. But I told Philip about like what a panic attack feels like, how it like slowly, like, like you can see it hiding almost behind this tree. And as soon as you notice it, it like runs after you. And then it like builds up this like craziness of just wanting to run away and just, you know, wow. peeks into like complete chaos and then slowly walks away again. I just told him exactly that. And wow. he's like, all right, let's go. So the song you hear, Inner Demons, he ha I've never played a note before that. He never showed me a beat, no nothing. It was the first take. We recorded it and it's on the album. Oh, wow. So just kind of, you know, he just kind of took whatever I said and, and kind of transformed this into a drum beat. And I just kind of went for whatever I was doing there. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm blessed to haven't had anxiety like that ever yet. I will say yet. Yeah, good, good for you. I would say yet. <laughs> but the way you just described it just kind of gave me chills. 
All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was crazy. And like, it was, I was obviously so under pressure at some point, like I was getting like sleep paralysis and stuff. It was like, it was crazy. It was the, I was so not, um, with myself, if you know what I mean, I, I, I couldn't read myself anymore. My mind and my body, they weren't connected at all. Oh my and, gosh. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was crazy. And it's the kind of stuff that happens when you're out on the road. And I think a lot of musicians or artists struggle with that is when you don't have a routine in, in your life or in your day and on tour, as much as you're in a different bed every night because you're like in different hotel rooms or you're in a different town and you wake up and you have to Google where you are. Yeah. <laughs> where am Siri, I? Where the hell am I? <laughs> or, you know, all that shit. I mean, that is all cool and I can, I can deal with that. But I didn't have a routine. I didn't have um, a daily routine that was going through you know, that I would, I would, that I could fall back into whenever I was feeling not good, you know? Okay. And, and so I, I, I went, I, I learned how to meditate and, and, and I have these things that I do every day, no matter where I am. And they kind of, you know, keep me grounded. They kind of, yeah. it's almost like a train, you know, I, they keep me in my, I have to be in those tracks so I can move freely on this train as long as this train runs on these tracks, I can be creative, I can party, or I can, you know, it, yeah. I can enjoy life a lot more being on those tracks and have that train roll straight into the sunset and enjoy life, you know. But when that train starts moving left and right and, you know, m- take wrong turns and stuff, you end up at a dark place. Well, it, it's that's really interesting because and on several shows i've I've spoken with this about a uh, spoken about this with a lot of people i've had on the show Mm -hmm. if you don't have some kind of boundaries it's more difficult to be creative hell yeah and it sounds like your boundaries are more you know out not necessarily inside the music but maybe out in your life in general you need certain things that you have to do to help keep you focused and, and be more creative yeah, true. I, I heard this cool thing the other day um, at another podcast, um, and it was about how creativity is a muscle, you know, and you can train that muscle. You just have to use it every day. And That's creativity could mean building a sandwich. <laughs> it, takes, it, takes, it takes creativity to, to build a sandwich. I mean, yeah. nowadays you probably Google that, but somebody <laughs> creative enough to create that sandwich. Somebody had yeah. to create it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, creative people can probably make great, great sandwiches or great burritos or whatever. <laughs> and, and, you know, but, you know, training that muscle every day, you know, I try to write as much. I write several songs every day. And, 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 and wow, th- that needs that needs some some sort of. um you know, routine or some order in there. So if, otherwise it will just be all chaos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Otherwise I, w- I will forget other things because I'm, I'm so focused on that thing. I have these times, I have moments in my day where I switch on creative mode and I know the next hour belongs to writing songs or, you know, just goofing around on the guitar and maybe something comes or something 
happens or maybe not, but I don't force anything anymore. I'm just enjoying when it's there. And if it's not, that's okay too. I appreciate that as well. Well, that's awesome. That's a great healthy way to look at it. Yeah. And it looks like mentioning that, you know, having that anxiety from the live videos that I've seen, it wasn't evident in the performances that I've seen because it looks like you're actually exercising some pretty serious demons. You look like you're, you know, <laughs> strangling your guitar for every note possible. It, it's some a seriously intense show, it looks like. I'm telling you, man, it is. It is. And there's, it's no joke. Every night we give 110%. If there's one freaking guy in the audience, which... We definitely had, <laughs> and uh, or if it's an arena tour with whoever, and sold out freaking stadiums, I don't care. I'll give one hundred and ten percent because whoever's there paid entrance fee to see a freaking rock and roll show, and that's what they get when they come to the picture book show. And yes. at the end of the day, is another thing. I need to go to bed and 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 have to deal with whatever i've done there you know i've i've prepared years and years for this i've trained i've rehearsed i've written all these songs this is my art this is my moment my stage you know yeah. uh, to to show who and what i am so if i give give you a half ass show i mean I'd, I'd be sad to hear that people didn't like it or to, to, to say, to have people say, um, I, this is the second time I've seen you and this was just 50%. And knowing that it's true would be the, the most heartbreaking thing for me ever. So if I, if I'd be lying in my bed knowing it was a half ass show because there was three people, these three people paid entrancy. They're probably the biggest fans. They probably want to sing along to every song. So you better make it a good show. This is kind of our mentality. This is kind of how we've always done it. And the other thing is we tried to do half-ass shows, believe me, especially <laughs> that one night in Italy where this like one freaking guy and his dog was just at the end, oh, at the end of the bar not giving a fuck about us. <laughs> um we really tried to give it a half a show because we really didn't need to do anything there, but we right. didn't. We gave it 110, no matter what. The first note and Philip and I just turned into whatever it is. And it was a fun show. You know, I'll always remember that show. And I probably That's forgot awesome. about way more important and way cooler shows. <laughs> because, yeah, well, you know, a broken cable can be half of the show you know yeah you don't have to feel bad about the broken cable that is the show you will always remember that is the show that in 10 years probably people would be like remember that one night in nottingham when your cable broke and i'd be like fuck yeah i remember that <laughs> man that just makes me want to go see a show now i'm dying <laughs> to see one now wait this is the thing my dad was on tour with bon jovi it was just a stadium tour like freaking sixty thousand people every oh, night wow. and he was wow. the support act of freaking bon jovi and bon jovi this is this is like the time when he had this song uh what was it it's my life were you remember that time yes oh yeah that, like yeah yeah wow wow boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom. <laughs> oh my god yeah. it was so good it was so good it was so good <laughs> 
And um, every night they had a moment where they would pretend to have an electrical problem or like a breakdown or something. And they would have like these light effects to have like, like almost like a, you know, like these little blinders. Oh, like, wow. And then you hear through the freaking PA, uh, 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 like a walkie talkie guy going like, um, um, sir, I think we have a problem here. We're, oh. <laughs> we, we're all, we, we have no more electricity. And I'm like, oh man, Joe, you better fix that. Oh and then like, it, it kind of grows into like this morning. I think we're back. And it's bow, oh, bow. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and this freaking John Bon Jovi going back on stage and freaking giving it his all. And that was another That's thing. Awesome. And, you know, they they know that the broken cable can be half of the show. They know it so much. They put it into the show on purpose. That's awesome. I had I've, I've never seen Bon Jovi. I lived in New Jersey for like 13 years and I never got a chance to see Bon Jovi. But <laughs> I'd, uh, you have to, I mean, back then it was quite a show. It was it was crazy. I, rem- I was a kid. I was really I was just really enjoying, you know, the backstage area. They had like oh, God, food yeah. a la carte, you know, crazy freaking catering. And it was fun. It, I had a good time back then. So you could basically <laughs> say you toured with Bon Jovi. <laughs> yeah. Picture books, yeah. toured with Bon Jovi, or at least half of the yeah. picture book. The picture. Well, I, I had a books. choice. I, I, I could have gone to kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> go on tour with dad and see Bon Jovi. Uh-huh. I'm going on tour with dad. Hmm. That's tough. Even as a kindergartner, I think that's a pretty easy decision. Yeah, yeah. Well, the kindergarten people didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> now, so what, what's the weirdest thing that's happened to you on tour then, besides like one dude and a dog in Italy and a broken cable? Oh, man. So crazy shit is happening. So much crazy shit is happening. What's your favorite story? Man, all of these stories have these like dark and, 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 and positive moments and, and it's so much and you can't really break it down to one, but this is a crazy one here. Uh, we're playing New Mexico uh, in Albuquerque and um, like a couple minutes before the show, we're hanging out in the back alley bar van, you know, kind of just sitting on on the back and, and kind okay. of talk bullshit and doing some vocal warm-ups and stuff. What you do, you know? Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, this car, like, dark windows stops next to us, like, I don't know, a couple feet away, rolls down the window, and I can hear some Spanish talking. Like, I don't know. I, I don't speak Spanish, but right. it was it was quite obvious that it was Spanish. Okay. And just a freaking gun points at us and just goes bang, 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 bang. And then you just hear freaking tires and they take off. And in that moment, I just heard those freaking bullets like pass me like super close. My dad and Philip, they were with, you know, they were with me there and you could just hear them like pop, pop, like into the car. What? um, yeah, like one bullet striped my arm. I was like bleeding super heavily and it was just, you know, I was like, fuck man, what the hell is going on? And this is like literally two minutes before showtime. Oh my God. <laughs> this is a typical dad moment here. My dad's <laughs> like, all right, let's not get into this right now. Cause you guys have to be on stage in two minutes. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so I had no time to think about whatever was going on there. Oh and he God. just kind of locked the door of the car and we went on, straight on stage. And at some point on stage, it struck me what just happened. And I just kind of 
looked in the audience and they looked at me. I was bleeding. They're just like, this, this, this new German band in Albuquerque, like freaking Rammstein, whatever. <laughs> bleeding against freaking Germans. What are they on about with their blood? Oh, yeah. It's so weird. And, um, <laughs> and I just told them the story and the reaction I got was just, welcome to Albuquerque. And I was like, oh, my God. So this is the last time we ever played in Albuquerque. And uh, I don't blame you. Hopefully not the last time. But, um, you know, this this was the last time we were in Albuquerque. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, it was. That was scary. That's insane. Yeah. Well, but still, man, uh, there's another thing. We we played Oslo in Norway and uh, had a great show. And. You know how it is after a show, you're a little hungry. And so we're just kind of walking through downtown Oslo and we're like in a, I don't know. I wouldn't say bad part. I, I wouldn't say Oslo has bad parts. Before <laughs> Oslo, this was a bad part. You know? Okay. <laughs> and, All right. And, uh, so there, but there's like this pizza parlor and it was still open. It was like two in the morning. It was two at night. It was, it was okay. So we grabbed a pizza there, kind of, there was like this nice outdoor area you can sit and watch the people on the street. There's still a little partying going on. Okay. And um, all of a sudden, this guy walks by and uh, he has like war paint on his face. Oh. And um, my dad goes, Man, you look a lot like Sting if you wouldn't have that beard. And he turns around with a British accent, goes, And now imagine he would have a British accent like me. And it was Sting himself. Oh, my God. Getting Whoa. a pizza at 2 o'clock in the morning at the same freaking place in this bad neighborhood of Oslo. And That's he crazy. was the nicest guy ever. We'd, like, talk for, like, 30 or 40 minutes. Oh, my God. He was just luck with the band and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? He, he goes... I just had this like freaking Greenpeace shit. <laughs> I had this like Greenpeace shit going on. Um, oh. Yeah, I got to take off. That's he awesome. Went, he, like, he went into his electrical car. And this is like <laughs> before electrical cars were a thing. This is a couple of years back. And oh my God, I was like, what the hell? Man, this is the kind of shit that you can only see on tour. Oh my God. What kind of pizza did he get? Uh, I, I, something, something like us, something vegan, you know, he's vegan as well. So I was, was waiting for like this was meat lovers. Vegan place, probably. This is why we he was there at probably. Oh, uh, I was waiting for it to be meat lovers. <laughs> yeah. That would have been, well, that would have been ironic. That, that would have been ironic. I get it. It's a good one. But, wow. It took, it took a moment for me here. Yeah, no, that. <laughs> you should have gone for that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. He told some vegan. This was a, like I said, some pizza. Probably it was the only vegan option that was that were around at that time. So he, that's probably why he was there as well. Uh, but him in like war paint in like freaking two o'clock in Oslo, man. It was crazy. I will imagine going back to the shooting in Albuquerque. Was that before or after you started getting the anxiety? <laughs> Oh God! This is like that time. There was this, oh, that was, was so, that. that fed in perfectly, I'm sure. But to be honest, this no, this kind of stuff has nothing to do with the anxiety that I had. The anxiety that I had was merely something. It, it, it wasn't something that I would get in like a plane or or you know I wasn't scared of 
of these things. I was I was just just out of nowhere. My buddy was going cr- crazy. It's so like, it wasn't because remember, you got shot at that you started having the anxiety. No, no, okay. No, hell no, 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 not at all. No, it's, it was just um, an unhealthy lifestyle. You know, I was I was eating really bad. Even, even I mean, nowadays there's so much vegan food out there. You like. There, you can actually be unhealthy and be vegan. Yeah. <laughs> back, in the, back in the day, it was, it was like fresh vegetables and whatnot. This was the only option. So you basically automatically started living a healthy lifestyle yeah. nowadays. You go to freaking McDonald's and they have vegan options. That's You know and, what? It's um, true. It is. Carl's Jr. has like Beyond Burgers and whatnot. It's like, what do you do, man? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. I want a burger. I, everyone was living that life before, and I had to watch <laughs> them do that. Now I can do, live that life, too. See, leave it to fast food to make vegan unhealthy. <laughs> I will. Jeez. Oh, that's a good one. You know, what, but, you know, I was just unhealthy. You know, I'm, I'm not a heavy drinker. But I was heavy drinking as well. Yeah. Not not like every day or whatnot, but a lot more than I usually do. And on the road, booze, bad food, no sleep. Uh, I, guess, yeah, I guess it was a mix of that. And um, it was just about time to understand myself, understand my inner self, understand who I am, accept who I am, accept the anxiety. I still have it. I still have moments where I'm anxious and I just kind of accept it. I have like breathing techniques that I do and they get me right back where I want to be. And, um, it, it, it was, it was something that actually right now I feel really blessed to went through that time. It made me a better and happier person. And I am at my happiest I've ever been. And I mean this as much as I can mean it. I'm I'm super crazy fucking happy. That's so awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, man. It was, but I, it, I had to go through that. You know, it had to happen. It was something it was building up in me. It was inner demons, I guess. It was just, you know, stuff. I mean, you've, look, you've got a great new album. You know, Hands of yeah. Time is, is so good. I wanted to ask you a couple questions about that. True. Yeah, go ahead. How did you get Chrissy Hind to sing on the on the <laughs> on the album? Because that's yeah. that's a poll right there. Remember the sunshine will guide you. You can't let go. No, you can't let go. Wherever this darkness will find you Whatever you hide deep inside you Remember the sunshine reminds How did that happen? Dude, I don't, how exactly? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know to this day. It's the coolest ever. Like every time we talk, it's like so inspirational. And, and um, she's so... I, I don't know. She everything she says is so how I feel about life as well. We're like so it, it's like we're connected. It's crazy. Well, it was like this. This is how it started. We were playing this show for Harley Davidson and Saint-Tropez in the south of France. Oh wow. And this is like a stage right by the beach. Oh, freaking Saint-Tropez beach, freaking yachts and rich people all over the place. Oh my god. 
And uh, so we're like sound checking and all of a sudden there's Chrissy Hine in the middle of the beach in front of us head banging along to your kisses burn like fire. Oh my God. It goes, everything comes back to the, that song. Yeah. Yeah. True. Now that you fuck. Yeah. I just realized this. <laughs> um, we're playing your kisses burn like fire, which we, this is the song that we always sound check. Like I said, this is the song that we kind of measure everything with. Yeah. And, um, she just kind of went crazy. We stopped the song and she was like, who the hell are you? Where the fuck are you from? <laughs> and we just became friends. You know, we're in the same page, same thing, you know, same lifestyle, vegan, blah, blah, blah. And, and so we had a connection there. And the funniest thing was like the whole team behind, like all the stage workers and the promoter all day long before Chrissy came, they went and came like they they told us to basically shut the fuck up when Chrissy's here. Don't go here. This is Chrissy's room. Blah oh blah gosh. blah. You know they had all these rules. She's super complicated. Don't look at her and all this like, bullshit. Look at and her. Rise and she's just the coolest chick ever, ever. Man. And and so you know this is another thing in music business. A lot of people, you know, a lot of bullshit talkers. A lot of stories are told about people that are not true. Apparently. And, uh, yeah, well, like I said, we became friends, and um, she gave us her number and told us, hey, give me a call when you're guys in London, because this is where she lives. She lives in London now. Okay. She's, she's from Cleveland, and um, um, she lives in London, I don't know, forever and ever. And um, so one day, we were, we, we were talking about, hey, why don't we do a song with a guest singer? And whoever, male or female, I don't know. Right. And I jokingly said, yeah, exactly, let's ask Chrissy Hyde. And Philip looked at me, he's like, that's a great idea. We have her number. <laughs> and I shoot her a text saying, hey, Chrissy, you go, would you be down to sing a song with us? And two minutes later, she's like, I'm down. Wow. And oh. so the problem here was we didn't have the song. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Send it over. Yeah, uh, like, give us a minute. Yeah, the next, yeah, she, she's like, send me, send me the files and, and let me see what I can do. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So the next <laughs> few days and nights, we were in the studio knowing that we are writing a song that Chrissy Hine is going to sing on. And, oh, wow. uh, you know, and whatever, you know, whatever this may, may take us, let's, it's, it better be good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So well, we, it is. Fortunately. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. It was crazy. It was a riot, man. So we, yeah, we done that, sent it over. She loved it. I told her, so these are the lyrics that I have. You can do whatever you want with it. She's like, fuck no, I love the lyrics, which was a crazy compliment for me. Wow, yeah. And uh, yeah, she recorded all that in London, her part, and like she paid for the studio and whatnot. We're like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, no, no, no. She oh never signs anything. You know, she's the freest artist ever. And then we asked her, uh, would you be down to shoot a video with us? She's like, sure, but I want to ride motorcycles. So oh, soon, wow. you don't know yet. You haven't seen it yet. But no. soon, there's a video out with Chrissy and us recording the song, having a good time in London. And, I mean, that was another thing. This, to, to round that whole thing up, you know, it, it was this ride of getting to know her. And now I would call her one of my best friends. She's just the coolest. That is Awesome. So there'll be a video for you. Can't let go with Chrissy Hind on a motorcycle. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. I can't riding, wait to see it. Riding, with, riding motorcycles with us. And there's some crazy shit too. Uh, um, she 
I mean, she has always been into bikes. If you look into her catalog and see what, you know, she has a lot of songs that are bike oriented and stuff. Okay. But, um, she promised herself to never step on a bike because of, she was uh, at her friend's place when she was a teenager and her mom was like some kind of, I don't know, some, some psyche or whatever, some, some sort of, um, I don't know, shaman or whatever. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and that woman passed the door while uh, she was just hanging out with her friend and she stopped in the door, turned around, went to Chrissy and she looked at her in her eyes and said, told her you will be a world famous star don't ever don't you ever sit on a motorcycle and walked out whoa so this was crazy's thing you oh know she became world famous but in her mind it was always in there never ever sit on a motorcycle but she did it for the video and loved it and uh you'll see you'll you know, see you see the joy you see you see the joy in her face she that's, loves it that's a compliment because basically what she's saying is i could die shooting this video <laughs> and i'm cool with that as long as it's with you guys exactly this is exactly what happened. that is amazing and and i also yeah, love the song howlin wolf What is that little mandolin thing you're playing? Where did you get that? That is so cool. Yeah, that is that is old school mandolin. That's the, that's <laughs> that is the secret behind that. But I have this like crazy octaver and and like uh, fuzz sound that I put on it in in the chorus to make it sound like a you know very fuzzy and 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 and, and cool sounding guitar. And awesome. people often, when they hear our songs, they're like, yeah, well, this sounds good on the album, but how the fuck are, they, are these guys going to, you know, play that live? This is never going to work out. That was and my next question. To, yeah, they come to our shows and they see it and they're like, dude, if I close my eyes, I see, I hear like five to six people and I open my eyes, I can't believe what I see. And I think people are just not used to, uh, used to having that that moment where less is more you know what i mean nowadays you go to shows and you have like at least five people on stage sometimes even more have background musicians here some guy there and what happens is it just becomes this like mushy sound you know very just freaking i don't know just so much that you can't really hear all the accents you know you don't hear the mandolin you see yeah yeah to hear it because yeah, a lot of bands are using like pre-recorded backing tracks and stuff like that too yeah true yeah do that they do that kind of stuff too we don't do none of that like like with the only thing that we have that comes like from from uh, that is a backing track is the, the the you know the the song with chrissy it has these the sound in the beginning this mm, mm, this like choir in the in, in the beginning of the song yes this is the only thing that we have that comes like from the laptop, so to speak, and, okay. and through the speakers. This is this is the only thing. Everything else you hear is us playing it live. That is awesome, and that's that's what I love about you guys. And it's just raw. Everything's real. Did, 
Did you do anything different recording Hands of Time compared to Home is a Heartache and Imaginary Force? Um, a little bit. We had to. We had to. We were like Imaginary Horse and Home is a Heartache. The two albums are pretty much one, so to speak. For us, it was like one. It, it was the same journey. It was the same meaning. Um, uh, they're like brother and sister. Right. And um, the thing was, it was all recorded in that garage, those two microphones. But the problem was, some songs didn't work in that environment. There were a lot of songs that we never recorded or never that never made it on the album because they just didn't work in that environment. It's okay. Too roomy or too, it just didn't work out. And so we had to bend the rules. And I think this is what art needs as well is to bend rules, to not have rules that you have to follow. Right. It's good to have boundaries. We talked about that. It's great to have them. It's great to have uh, a deadline and, and all these things create creativity. You know, it's, it's kind of like, um, I feel cold, so I invent fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you have to you have to feel pain or whatever to to find it to make you want to find a solution for that. Yeah, this is all great, but sometimes you can get caught up in that, and then you just end up repeating yourself. Yeah. So yeah. we had to bend the rules a little bit. Next door is the studio, which has the same vibe, and we have always been uh, in that studio working and writing the songs anyway. So we felt we felt like we would be faking it if we would the songs that we're writing in that studio just to follow a, 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 a path that we created in the past to go back into the roomy garage and, and to, to, to record everything in there the same way we have done in the past. It would have just been boring to for everyone. So what we did was we used that room for certain things, for a lot of things we used, still used it, guitar sounds, some drums, some you know, vocals and stuff. But we also enjoyed that studio, enjoyed producing, enjoyed songwriting a lot more. We could concentrate on, on certain parts a lot more. And, and it, I don't know, it was, it was a very freeing and, um, great process. Uh, and, and I don't regret it at all. Well, it, it came through the hands of time. It sounds like a step forward from home with a heartache and imaginary horse. Um, mature a maturity comes through in that and it's it's fantastic i i really love it i've I've enjoyed listening to it for, Thanks, man. Uh, ever since i found you guys which is only a few weeks ago but right right but well, i'm fair enough man <laughs> but i am so happy I, I found your music and i know you've you've got to get ready you guys are heading out on tour Thank exactly. you. Thank you so much for spending so much time with me i've kept you quite a while here so i really do appreciate you you giving me your history and, and telling me some awesome stories. It's been a blast. Yeah, man, this was fun for me as well. And, um, thank you so much for, you know, listening to <laughs> all that bullshit I was just saying. And, uh, my pleasure. Uh, completely. Uh, you know, thanks for the support and the interest in the band. It means the world to us. And, um, yeah, catch you somewhere on the road. Absolutely. I'm throwing you guys out to a bunch of people that, that I know that Please. loves, love good rock. So, Please, this is how this band works. You know, it has always worked this way. Word of mouth, uh, playing shows all over the place. You know, we sometimes end up in a bar, like I said, in front of one dude and a dog. Yeah. <laughs> and, and sometimes it's a little more. But what happens is, you know, 
kind of kind of a buzz starts going and we come back to those places and then they fill up you know next time there'll be 10 people yes. <laughs> then next time we come back it's 50 people it's just word of mouth and it yeah. it really worked out for us in, in a lot of places uh, there's a place called Alex's Bar in Long Beach California okay. we started with first show 9 people the next show 150 people wow. and the next show 3 weeks later this is was this was the idea of the owner Alex the coolest guy ever uh, three weeks later, after we started with 10 people, we sold that place out. And, wow. and, you know, we keep coming back to all those places and, and kind of try to go that route, you know, not just spend money on ads and stuff and, and try, you know, hope for that some A&R or whoever puts puts that money and, 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 and time into that band because this might never happen. Might as well just try to make it yourself and try to be in freaking good life band and 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 play as much as possible and hope that it works out and and it worked out for us you know we make a living out of this and tour the world constantly and it's amazing it's fantastic it, it word of mouth helps when you got a good product backing it up so you guys do you guys solid solid music i love it <laughs> awesome man thanks i can let you finish getting packed for your tour yeah, dude, I have to now. They're yeah. all like in the back <laughs> looking at me like, Finn, when are you ready? We need Wrap you. Wrap this shit up. Wrap this fucking shit up. <laughs> Let's keep in touch. And, and the Clutch guys are awesome. We just did a whole European tour with those motherfuckers. And it was crazy good. That's and awesome. They're, they're from like Germantown or something. That's what they said? Yeah. Is that, is that true? Yeah, they're, they're in that area. Yeah, That's all pretty. Yeah, that's within like an hour of each other. I'm not exactly sure where, but Germantown is literally... Less than a. That's where I got my dog. Literally an an hour from my house. So. And why is it called Germantown? Is it, is I, it like Germans live out there? Or something? I think it was founded by Germans. All right. I think well, it's pretty very, simple as that. Typical German. They went for really, really strict. <laughs> very simple name. Literal interpretation. <laughs> this is a town. What, we are German. What do we call our town? Let's call it German town. <laughs> That's a great idea, Peter. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome! Thank you so much, man. Awesome, man. Have a good one, man. You- Hope to see you soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.